Dude, one squeak will throw you off bad, though. Yeah. One squeak, just... It's not good, dude. <laughs> squeak in the bed, dude. Easy. I make that bed squeak, son. What's up, guys? Another episode here of Midwest Flyways Uncensored. Uncensored. We have Joey and Cal today. Joey no and Cal today. No Connor. What are you doing, dude? Dude, I'm just, I'm hyped. Are you copycat boy? I'm copycat boy. Copycatboy.com? Dot net. Dot net? No. Dot net, yeah. Oh, no. Dot net. That's so much worse. For the educational purposes, dot org. Your, li- your loading <laughs> speeds are going to be slow as <laughs> shit. No. So anyway, um, what's the date today, Cal? Oh, God. It's the 16th. Dude, my so, life is just a run-on sentence. Would it be like, ooh, uh, ooh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Okay, if you know the name of that song, you have to give yeah. us a five-star review on iTunes. So Yeah, for real. Give us give us a review, guys. If you're listening right now, we're just going to open it right now. Just open it up. Leave a review. It takes you like one second. Dude, give it one star. Give it three stars. I don't care. Just give it a review. Yeah. I want to see reviews out there, guys. Yeah. And that's okay. Now, do we need do we need good reviews? Yeah. <laughs> if so you hate the podcast, why are you listening? <clears throat> if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, why are you listening? If you're not, <laughs> if you don't follow us on Instagram, why are you listening? <laughs> if you don't follow our Facebook page, why are you listening? <laughs> why are you listening? Why are you listening? Now, go, go and do that right now because we have 167 ratings. And I want to get up to 200 by the end of January. We want to get up to 2 million by the end of January. I want to get up to 2 million before the end of January. Yeah. And that should be easy. Hook it up. So make it happen. Hook it up. Hook it up. Hook it up. All right, Joey. What are we talking about today? We're talking about goose hunting. I put up something. Goose hunting. Put up something on our Instagram saying, what do you want? What do you want us to talk about today on our, on our podcast? It's just Cal and I. So it'll probably get a little intense. So we need a little bit Mm. of a structure. And so the first, yep. literally the first 30 messages were, what goose call do you blow? What's your favorite goose call? How do you set this spread? Do you run socks? Do you do this and that in a goose field? Do you like yes. geese over water? Why are geese working like this over water versus over field? It's just, it was an overwhelming amount of questions. Mm. So I I'm also, overwhelmed right now. I also told people that we would go live on Instagram. Oh. So I'm going to do that right now. Go Dude, this is like that moment when it's like a tech moment. And you're waiting for someone to pull up a video, and it's all bad. Yeah. Everyone's so bored, dude. Piney. <laughs> How you doing, Piney? So we are live on Instagram now. We're doing our podcast, and we wanted to just kind of like open up the floor. We've never done this on our podcast. So guys, what we're doing here today is we're taking suggestions on what we should talk about here on our podcast. It's not that we don't have things to talk about. We just figured we'd open it up to all of y'all. We do get a lot of questions. Like a lot of people ask us, hey, can you guys talk about this, talk about that? Yeah. Um, so what what do you guys yeah. want to hear about right now? And in the well, okay. And I do look st- greasy, Timmy Kramer. Thank you. We can start talking about the goose hunting thing. Because we got we had a lot of questions about that. <laughs> yeah. so. so Joey, we, what what is your favorite goose call? Let's just start there. Patrick Ranson said he had to pause episode twenty five for this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So Patrick, you actually asked a question about um our Instagram deal. About our our deal. And what was your question again, Patrick? Best late season spread for geese, big spread or small? Mm. 
Why is Cal so much better looking? Says Piney. All right, Piney. Yeah, that's just oh, real right. life. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I was born that way. I told y'all that once Cal started to lose a little bit of weight, he's gonna get a little bit of a bigger <laughs> head. You told us because now you told people that. Oh yeah. Really? I told everyone. Yeah, my head grew 10 sizes. Yeah, but your face shrunk. Yeah. So that's the weird part. I know. The inside of my head grew so much. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. This is still a podcast, what do you, so we got to What do you think is the best late-season spread, Cal, for geese? Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm going to say a big spread uh, in my mind. Give some numbers. Give some numbers. You run oh. silhouettes, full bodies, oh. socks. A mix of everything. Uh, it's got to be. It's It's got to be pretty big. Um, I would say if you're looking at like 500 decoys, you're probably in a good spot and you can go up from there if you want. And you got to read your situation too. I mean, if you're hunting a 500 local birds, you're probably not going to set 500 decoys, but if you've got five, 10,000 birds in your area, then you can get kind of weird with it. Definitely. And read the weather a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if you, you what think are you doing it's in your calling, what's that? Are you changing up your calling tactics at all? Well, I'm probably just going to follow whatever you're doing, to be honest. So, That's a great answer. That's uh, a really good answer, dude. Joey's going to lead the calling, and then I will I will follow whatever he's doing. But, I mean, more decoys. There you go. More power, baby. Yeah, And, you know, honestly, I'm in the same boat. But my, my late season spread, oh, he said, okay. Okay, thank you, Patrick. I've got it. So my late season spread, say we're hunting a field, I'm going to load up as many decoys as I can wide, and maybe 40 yards out at the most and have a concentration of the most decoys out in front of the blind. And I would I would like to run an A-frame so I can have a heater because I'm a crybaby when it comes to the yeah, cold you and are. negative 20. Here's the thing, though. You're not actually a crybaby. You just happen to not wear enough clothing to be warm. <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's because you just can't find any of your clothing mm. ever or if it's because... It's no clean. It's no it's clean. No clean. It's yeah, no you, clean. Do, you do laundry like once a month it's every six months okay <laughs> well i just i just have so many clothing so much clothing that i can do that yeah you know oh. yeah <laughs> six months yeah perfect <clears throat> but yeah i'm gonna run them i'm gonna run my spread wide like super wide and then i was gonna be a mixture of full bodies and silhouettes okay in my mind too i like to go a, like dense in front of the blind but then spread them out a little bit go real big mm-hmm. so like leave five ten feet in between your decoys so you can get yeah. as big as you possibly can also in my mind especially if there's snow late season i love running black and whites just because they Why pop so good mm. on that visibility snow. visibility baby okay because if it's snow it's all white oh man those black and whites really pop um another one was favorite layout blinds uh, you and oh I boy. have very different very different ideas. All right, so here's Cal's the thing. I'm going to throw this blind. out there right now. If you run a tangle free blind, dude, throw it in the garbage, burn it, burn it down. It's the worst blind. Not only it's not it's not that it doesn't function properly. Why is it so big? Why for people like you, dude? No, dude. For people no, like you, I, I honestly use a running gun ninety percent of the year. Oh, try using a negative twenty. Bud. Oh, good. I will, dude. <laughs> I will. I'll have a blanket in there. I will use a run. I'll lay in the dirt in in 10 degrees before I use one of those tangle free blinds. Dude, because when I have to load one of those up, I'm mad. Blood red mad. Because if somebody's like, oh, dude, can you take my layout blind into the... Nope, I can't. Is it a tangle free blind? No, I can't do that. I can't because I'll have no more room left in my my pickup bed. I mean, an an entire pickup bed, dude, covered by one piece of shit blind. Sorry, man. I'm not trying to rip on Tangle for you, okay? 
Well, I'm just saying though. Here's that's, the deal. That is a bullshit. Okay, blind. we we got we got your opinion. All right, now. yeah. Um, thank God. Mine is tangle free or get the fuck out. So a hundred percent. So Joey brings his own t- blind, tangle. and I bring my own blind. And that's fine, dude. And I do it bring is. my own blind. I know, unless <laughs> I have to put it in my pickup, which I'm not doing that anymore. I can't bring any of my stuff. He carries our buddy's Matt's blind one time, and he's like, never again. Okay, dude. Never I again. had another blind for him, and I was like, hey man, this is a comfy blind. Can I bring it for you? And he says, no, I, dude, I really want my Leo blind. All right. <laughs> I'm not bringing it again, dude. All right. Next topic. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go so ahead. I'm going to go, go ahead. So thoughts on, this is from Jake Tanner. I love Jake. Thoughts on, is there such a thing as too many black and white silos in a spread? I, I think so. Yeah. I think it de- I think it depends on how big your spread is. But then Kyle Jones and Forrest Carpenter just killed like what, a five man limit of geese over just black and whites. Yeah. I'm guessing it was no more than five dozen though. Like I think five dozen, if you're running 30 dozen or more is perfect personally. Yeah. So you're, you're basically saying like a 20% rule. So I sure. like don't have more than 20% of your decoys be black and whites. That's what I would say. But like, uh, when we got those last year mm-hmm. and I was, we were taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. I put them in their own section where geese were going to, where geese were going to uh, see them. And so, like, I put them in their own section of the field almost. So it was, like, 50 yards away from my blind, but there was, like, a, a cutout in the trees where when geese were flying off the roost, mm-hmm. they would see those black and whites off the snow. And so what was interesting is when we were taking pictures, most of the geese wanted to land in the black and whites or the socks. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was interesting. So, so I don't was know, Was it Jake. windy, though? Mm, well, I did it on multiple days. That's okay. the thing. I mean, the socks kind of make sense because those things move so Motion. good yeah. in the wind a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about your little idea about like the 30 black and whites off in the corner by themselves. I'm not really. Right. I don't know. I like to mix them in and I think that your idea is fine. I wouldn't be throwing like 50 outside of the majority of the spread though. I'd probably keep them pretty mixed in. Sure. No, I like five or six out somewhere, but, but I was just doing, can, I was just running experiments, dude. Yeah. So I was just doing it. Now I'm going to throw them in everywhere, but I'm going to put the bulk of the black and whites where birds are going to see them first. You yeah. Know? Okay. Next what's, question. What's, one of the questions we got was what's your favorite goose call? My favorite goose yeah, call. And this one's weird. Cause I, I would have thought it would be a triumph. I like the triumph a lot, but at the same time, um, I really like the rush and I really like the reflex and they all have their own, they all have their own thing, man. Right now I, I just got a new rush. So that one's been on my lanyard for a little bit. <laughs> what, what is the thing they have individually? What is the thing that they have individually? Yeah. Um, like what sets them apart from yeah, each yeah, other? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause you're saying they all have their kind of their thing for you. So what's their thing? So reflex is higher pitched mm-hmm. and it just runs really, really smooth. I mean, just, I don't have to really focus on my back pressure a whole lot if I'm trying to do certain notes. It comes very naturally to me for the reflex. The rush, on the other hand, is bell-bottomed at the bottom. Like, it it, go, it expands at the bottom. Yep. And that one, um, you do have to focus a lot more on your back pressure. However, that thing runs like a son of a... That thing goes so fast, dude. You can yep. just roll double clucks like you've never seen before. And then the Triumph is like the more like resident park goose where it's just like <laughs> that old ass goose and you can still get fast on that thing too that's an so, old ass goose that's an old ass goose go on 
So <laughs> I don't Triumph know. is kind of a mix, I guess. <clears throat> what about you? Because you've tried, you've tried all of them. Uh, yeah, I have. I don't like the Reflex or the Rush. I actually liked the EX3 X series. Sure. Uh, but now I definitely like the Triumph. Um, sure. So that's definitely my favorite, I would say, without a doubt. What are some of the other questions we got? Are there any new ones rolling in right now? Oh, oh yeah, just yeah. constantly. Okay. Um, how do you break up lunch lines and get them to stop playing follow the leader? See, Ooh, that's tough. I don't have the answer for yeah, that. Yeah, that's. I don't have the answer. If you're for that. getting lunch lined, you're already in a bad spot. I've gotten in a lot of places, but the two famous places that I've seen for lunch lining is Fergus Falls and Rochester. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was hunting with Scott in Rochester, and he's like, "Man, there's nothing you can do." Like, there's nothing with the lunch line. You can't stop the lunch line. However, if you see, like, one goose's wings flickering, focus on that one goose, and whatever that goose is like, and keep doing that, and you'll probably yank down the line. So maybe that's that's a educated answer. Yeah, you might just yank down that one goose. If, you, if you're able to <laughs> yank down one goose, then keep hammering it till it comes down to the ground, and he'll probably pull more with him. Hopefully. Yeah. There's um, no real answer on that one, though. Hard lines with silos, yes or no, from hard Austin Shelander. I don't understand what you mean by that, Austin. If you could type it again, that'd be great. Just, like, redo it. Joey, where's your beer? <laughs> How do you guys know this? It's right bad. here. It's right here, straight to jail. <laughs> Just a gluten-free-ass beer. Are you putting silos behind you while using layouts or keeping them out in front of you? Um, I... So, like, I, I really am a fan of uh, A-frames, and so pretty much everything's out in front because I'm usually on a, on a field edge, you know? What? Yeah, Why it just you, depends. What are you giving I me mean, that face I mean, I think for? it depends. It depends on how many how many decoys we're going to run, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we definitely put decoys behind us. It just sort of depends on the situation. And, like, I mean, if we're going to run 500, 700 decoys, we're going to have decoys behind us. Yeah. You no, know what I, I mean? I, I like being in the small, spread. I like yeah. being in the spread, yeah, for sure. What about shells, Cal? What do you What do you like using for shells and guns? Uh, the only, sh- like for for shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what's a really good shell that you know? Predispositions aside, like what is your yeah. favorite through through in? Through, uh, if uh, I was just buying shells, yes. just no questions asked, what I'm buying, and I feel really confident in it all the time. Yeah, Federal Blue Box. Okay, no questions asked. Hundred percent of the time. I I've mean, never I don't. I don't dislike. I really have enjoyed Kent Fastiel this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I've used that a little bit. Have had no problems with that. When Black Cloud is good, it's good. I like, but dude, I like the old cl- Black Cloud. Better. So do I. Unfortunately, Before they changed everything. Yeah. I really, really liked it. If you get a good box of Black Cloud, they're good. Um, but if I was just going to buy shells, a case to start my year, 100%, no questions asked, I would be buying Federal Blue Box. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just, it shoots straight. It's true. No jams, no bullshit. It's no not jokes. expensive. Great to you jail. do not go straight to jail with it. <laughs> my What I've been shooting mostly this year is a heavy hammer, three-inch, three-shot, 20-gauge. And it has just been hammering everything. The, the name... It's yep. true. Mm. I've been crushing ducks and geese with a 20-gauge, three-shot. It's only 15% of the shell is bismuth. Yeah, you're almost like exclusively 20-gauge at this <coughs> Dude, point. I'm so pumped. Like, when I, go I don't to- know if I've hunted with you this year without a 20-gauge. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. this whole year. Well, think about how many I times you've hunted with me and we've taken someone new out this year. 
Right. And so I just let them yeah, use my use 12, 12 gauge. Yeah. Yeah. I let them no, use I a know. 12 gauge and I use a 20 gauge because it's, it. I'm more accurate with it anyway. It has a softball size pattern at 35 uh-huh. yards, dude. Are yeah. you kidding me right now? You can touch shit at like 60 yards. It's awesome. But um, let's see. Number of decoys or quality of decoys. Example, 20 dozen silos or 20, two dozen DSDs. Ooh. So we're, we're, we're hunting. If we're traffic hunting, I would use um, 20 dozen silos. If we're band checking and landing honkers on an X field, I would probably do the two dozen DSDs. Yeah. Any complaints with that? Well, my complaint would be I, I would never, in my mind, I don't, you'd have to really, really have a lot of decoys already and have a, have money to spend to be buying those DSTs. Scott. I mean, they're, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> no, um, I, you know what? Like, I don't have a problem with dudes picking up DSTs, but every time I think about the $400 that I would spend on six lessers from Dave Smith. I would probably buy five dozen dive bombs first sure. every, every single time. Sure. I don't think that, I don't think you're killing more birds with DSDs. I think that you could band check easier with DSDs if that's kind of your thing. Sure. But here, here's another one. What is the best sound to make to get the attention for trafficking birds a few hundred yards off? I was just doing this tonight. Well, a honk. Just a loud competition style. La, la, and la, high, la. Don't be scared to go high with it. I no. mean, at that far, you're just trying to get attention. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. It's like, why do you have a reflex on your on your lanyard and then a rush or a reflex and a triumph? Like, why do you have two goose calls? When I'm trafficking, that reflex is higher pitch and that, that, um, that tone carries a lot further than volume does. Yeah. Even like when we had Forrest and Kyle on, they'll say the same exact thing. When they're that far out and you're just trying to get birds' attention, just high-pitched noises, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah, like a high-pitched honk. Loud noises. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and then flagging. Flagging yeah. <laughs> is how I'd get their attention. I love it. At trafficking. Yeah, we believe in it. Can mojos make or break your hunt while duck hunting? That totally depends on what kind of hunting you're doing. I'd say field hunting, no. I, don't, I think that accentuates, accentuates your field hunting. However... In water, it can break you depending on what time of year it is, how stale your ducks are, if you haven't had a migration in a while, um, if it's late, if it's an afternoon hunt versus a morning hunt at first light, for sure. Keep those mojos out. Second it gets to like 9 a.m., you haven't killed your ducks yet, they're not working, pull those things and switch to a jerk rig on water, like 100%. Yeah. What dates will y'all be in Kansas? We'll be there uh, the weekend of February 12th to hunt lessers with Bobby Guy. And then Ryan just said, LOL, dive bombs over DSDs. What did I just hear? Uh, well, Ryan, what you just heard was if you're trafficking birds, you want to put out more numbers. It's faster and easier to put out cellos. If you're on an X field, DSDs is, yeah. my, is my choice. Yeah, and if so my boss what, wants to buy 40 dozen DSDs, I mean, I'll run them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, but uh, he hasn't because I work in construction. So, <laughs> you know, I don't have the DSDs. You know, my boss ain't buying them. Anyway, so now we're off of Instagram Live. What's the favorite duck call for beginners to get Haydell DR85? Yeah, I mean, 100%. 100%. You could, use, you could never buy another duck call and crush ducks with that. So let me just, because we've gotten this question so many times, and we've done how many videos on beginner duck calls? Two or three? We have two, for sure. Two videos on YouTube. 
Haydell game calls DR85. Yep. DR-85. That call, I just picked it up the other day. My roommate goes, hey, I, I kind of like how you're doing that duck call. I kind of want to get into duck hunting. What's a good duck call I can buy? I was like, get this one. It's 20 bucks." And he's like, boom. Ordered it on Amazon. Got it in two days. And he pulled it out. And I was like, here, let me see how that thing sounds. Because I haven't blown one mm-hmm. in a while. And it just rips, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. It's got that old, dirty, raspy looking hand. Just like, yeah. <laughs> When I pulled mine out to do that video a couple weeks ago, because, dude, we get so many questions. So I was like, no, fine. We're going to do one video to kind of end it all. The best beginner duck call ever. It's not going to change. It's been around since forever. Long time. Yeah. That's the best beginner duck call. For real. Hands down. For real. You could you could take that a long ways. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's another one for you, Cal. Yeah. Favorite state to hunt in? Wow, that's tough. I'm going to say Minnesota. Really? Yeah. I mean... I've had great experiences other places, but I don't know, man. Something about at home when it's really on, it's really good. That's just, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been hunting Minnesota, obviously, my entire life. And so, and maybe it's because I haven't hunted in these other states a lot. So I don't really know, but (coughs) probably I have two of them. And I think my favorite is probably Nebraska or Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is awesome. What's what's so interesting about it, dude, is like there's just so much hope for the next day. Like they're mm-hmm. first of all, Kansas and Nebraska load up with birds. Yeah. And I mean disgusting. When we were hunting with Bobby, he goes, Yeah, you know, I think our only option is to run traffic if we want to shoot lessers tomorrow. I was like, Well, what are we working with for the roost? He's like, Well, there's forty thousand on this roost, there's twenty thousand on this one, then there's twenty thousand on the other one. I'm like, bro, we're working with eighty thousand lessers. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. How many times in Minnesota have you seen an eighty thousand goose roost? Never. Well, Fergus. Fergus. That's the only place. Fergus and then Rochester back in the day and Laquaparle back in the day. However, that's all kind of changing. And then in Fergus and Rochester, you need to know someone. Or you need to lease a field for way too much money. Yeah, and the thing is, too, I was going to say, we don't really get a lot of lessers here. Practically none. Yeah, Kansas gets everything. I mean, they load up with lessers, Canada's, snows, mallards. I mean, they shoot everything, dude. They shoot everything. And we don't get that. Nope. You know, so, yeah, maybe. That's the cool part. The tough part to answer that question is you almost have to hunt an entire season somewhere, you know, to start actually breaking it down. Yeah. Because it's not like... I don't know. That's then that's so tough because when we when it's good here, the thing I like about Minnesota too, though, is I actually enjoy like a really good diver hunt, and that makes Minnesota special, man. Yeah, like when it's cold and crappy and it's a blizzard or whatever, and you're and you're crushing divers. I mean, even if you only do that twice a year, it kind of breaks up the season from like the mallards and the Canada's a little bit. So I love that, but mm. I don't know, man. Kansas is sick. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. It's just it's 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 just a new place for me, and they shoot a lot of mallards there, and there's just so much more diversity in Kansas, I feel like. Same thing with Nebraska. Minnesota has really turned into a flyover state, and so, like, we don't hold a lot of birds, but we get a lot of birds migrating in. And so, like, what we're known for here is goose hunting. And so, so the, the, the cool part about Kansas is that you know, they just, they hold a lot more birds for a lot longer than Minnesota does because we're more of a flyover state. And so like we, we hold a lot of geese and it, so we hold a lot of geese, but you know, geese are not my first love, man. 
it's ducks. I want to go out onto a small water hole and crush a one-man limit before I go to work. That's what I want to do. That's what gets me fired up to wake up at 3 a.m. and go out. It's not to go out with 12 other guys into a goose field and sit for six hours because we don't know exactly when the birds are going to fly. You know, that is not my gig. However, ducks have more of a specific schedule. It's right at daylight till about 10, and then it's right before sunset. I can get on board with that. So, anyway, the next question was um, some guy asked me four times on Instagram. Okay. To tell me the story or tell him the story of my pigeon bands. Oh, God. So, this will be quick. The yellow one that I have on my lanyard is from Joe Heinz's 4th of July Legends Outfitters Party. (coughs) You guys were trap shooting, right? We were trap shooting, and a couple of pigeons kept flying over, and me and a kid were shooting, like, to see who could shoot the clay faster or whatever. I have no idea who this kid was. And these two pigeons fly over, and Joe just yells, shoot those pigeons! And we look up, and we both shoot this pigeon at the same time. And we're, like, falls to the ground. Joe goes and picks it up. He's like, no fucking way, dude. It's banded. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, that. no way. So it was a single yellow 2019 band. And what we did to settle it is we both shot a couple of clays instead of like doing like a band draw or something. Yeah. We both like shot clays and we were both just dead eyeing it, you know? And then finally it was like, okay, it's trick shot time. And um, I went first, missed the clay. I think it was uh, one armed. Yeah, one armed. I missed the clay, then he missed the clay. And I was like, oh, thank God, I have another chance, right? So then I hit it, and then he missed. And I was like, yes. So I won the band. That's sick. And then the uh, the second band that I have is a A. So all these three bands are AUs. And then the second one, I've, I bet you I've shot 3,000 pigeons at this guy's farm. Just up the road from here. Yeah. The milker. Yep. And he uh, he goes, man, why do you like shooting these pigeons so much? I was like, well, it keeps my dog in shape out of season. And, you know, it's fun. Like, I, I miss, I, I almost have, like, a bloodlust. You know, like, I need to go yeah, out. You're very weird. Yes. No, I'm not right in the head. That's for sure. But I, I, it's fun for me. You know, I can just go to work and whatever. And this is how I've gotten permission on all the stuff out here is by shooting pigeons. And so... Um, the farmers love me for shooting pigeons and all that. And so he's like, why do you, why do you come out here so much and shoot pigeons? I was like, well, I don't live far for starters. And if I'm done with work, you know, I'm single. So like, I don't have a whole lot going on. Right. And so as he's doing that, he's like, yeah, I swear to God, there were about 80 that came up into the silo earlier today. And he threw a rock up there and two came out and I had my gun on me and he's like, shoot those. I was like, okay. So I shot one. And I'm like, yeah, and, uh, you know, they banned pigeons for racing and all that and all this. And I go and pick this one up as I'm talking to him. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like this one, like yeah. this one. And so what sucks is I shot some of the plastic off of him because I was shooting him in the ass. Mm-hmm. But he was double banded. He had the he had like a lime green snap-on and then a purple AU band. And apparently what those snap-on bands mean is it just tells you the sex, whether it's male or female. Gotcha. And that's dependent on the person. And then my first pigeon band is a 2017, and that was me and Matt Wallen and one other per or Tanner Brothen. Matt Wallen, Tanner Brothen, and I were just going out there, and this is when they had so many pigeons. I've really decimated the population out there. But we're in three different parts, just like silo busting them, just shooting them from the silos. And I see this one way up in the air, and I'm like, 
screw it, and just unloaded the tube on it, dropped right in front of my feet, double banded. And I was like, so that was sick. my that was my first band in five years, period. Ducks, geese, anything. So needless to say, I was very pumped. And he had um, a, a white AU band, and then he also had um, the timer band. So when they race pigeons, they, they have a band on them that tells you when they got back to the coop. Mm. And so, like, he, you know... He was an old racing pigeon that never came back to the coop. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Never came back. And they, they, I honestly just love how they look on my lanyard, dude. Because not a whole lot of people have pigeon bands. Right. You know, and I only have one duck band on my lanyard. So it's like, it just kind of, that's, I get so many questions about the pigeon bands, man. I love it. I love it. And then uh, another question was, what do we have on our lanyards for calls? So why don't you tell us what you have on your lanyard? I only have two calls on my lanyard. I've got a Mulcair Triumph, and I have a Midwest Flyways custom call. Mm-hmm. Um, I of our actually, limited run? Yep. Uh, and that's actually a double read, believe it or not. You like Just the double read better than a single that read? That specific call, yeah, I mm. did. Sure. Um, most other calls, I actually like a single read, but mm. that call, I just liked the double read. Nice. So, Yeah. Those are the two calls. I will say this. I see a lot of guys carry a lot of calls. Yep. Totally unnecessary, in my opinion. Why I don't that? know. I Why just, is that? Because, dude, I mean, what different hunting situations do you really think you're going to be in where you feel like you need a, where you feel like you need a, 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 a high-pitched duck call and then a low-pitched duck call and then a high-pitched goose call and a low-pitched goose call and then your, like, regular goose call. I mean, like, I've seen guys with five, six calls on your on their lanyard. Uh, that's, I don't know, it's just not my gig. I like to be more, like, simple. Like, I like my shit all organized and I like to be a lot more, like, minimalist, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like to have too much stuff for kind of no reason. I'm not, like, a duffel bag in the blind guy. Like, I like to have a small blind bag, just kind of carry what I need. And you're kind of like that, too. I don't even own a blind bag. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You used to. And then that day yours went missing, you were like, nope, done with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to buy another so blind bag. So all yet. I ever see Joey come to the blind with is a gun and a box of shells. That's yep. it. And maybe a drink. Oh, for sure. If yeah. I remember it. Yeah. If I remember, if you remember it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then I always have an extra drink, so you usually drink that one. Yeah. But yeah. So I just bring Joey's drink. Exactly. Um, my but yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of people wear a lot of calls. Yeah, like I'm not that. a fan of it. And the reason, so I used to carry at least five calls on my lanyard. I used to have a mallard whistle, two different goose calls, two different goose or uh, duck calls. And you know, it's the same thing. One's one just sounds different than the other, whether it's the goose calls or the duck calls. And then the mallard whistle, mallard whistle, you know. Um, and the reason why I stopped doing that one, I didn't like how it looked. It just looked disorganized and nonsensical and then the other reason was i was in early season north dakota sprinting after a crippled two-month-old goose you know and that thing was just cruising through the field so i'm just sprinting and then a couple of my calls hit together as i was running shattered the insert Mm -hmm. and i'm just like well you're notorious for that like that's not the only it's been a couple years a couple years yeah it's been a couple years i've been really careful about it how many of you broke though like three inserts now yeah three yeah whether yeah. it's dropping it on the floor or just running with my calls or, you know, whatever. But I've I figured still, it out. I still carry a whistle mm-hmm. uh, just because not many people do. And it's a really easy way. If you're like in an intimate setting and you're not going to crush like 
you know, you're not shooting into a hundred different, you know, groups of birds or whatever. I don't know. I think a whistle gives a little variation. So right. I still keep a whistle. So I have a whistle in the two calls. Favorite goose calling note. Quick spit. Quick spit. Yeah. Quick spit is uh, a really fun call to do. What's interesting that a lot of people don't know about the quick spit is that it actually takes less air than any other goose call. Like any other note. Any other call. You yeah. Could any make other out call. of a goose call. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like I, I was just, exp- I was doing a goose calling lesson with a kid the other night and he's like, I need, I want to learn a cadence, you know, like of how to kill geese. And I was like, okay, but I'm running out of air when I do my cadences. What can I do to fix that? I was like, well, you can do quick spits instead of clucks. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, listen to this. And I did as many clucks as I could. I was like, try to count how many clucks I'm doing. So I did as many clucks as I could do on one breath. And then I did the amount of quick spits. And he said it was over double the amount of quick spits that I could do versus clucks. Yep. So that's one of my favorite reasons is it takes damn near no air. Dude. Is that your favorite note? Nope. Nope. My favorite note is the double cluck. Yeah. I uh, love the double cluck. It sounds so good and there's so many different variations of it. And I mean like the stacked double cluck or not the stacked. It's the uh, rolling double, I think. Should I do it? Sure. <laughs> that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that just definitely your favorite. Yeah. Well, is am I just blowing? No, you're out? fine. Actually, okay. if you blow out there, like, <clears throat> there, there's this variation of it, right? There's that variation, and then there's, and then there's. I just, I love that note, and it's so. It just makes you sound like way more geese. You mean you love those notes? Sure. Yeah, double. Yeah. yeah. I love it, dude. That That is by far my favorite goose calling note. And you, you can hear, if you really pay attention to a lot of really good goose callers routines, they can do some wicked stuff with a mm-hmm. double cluck. I love it. Mm-hmm. It sounds so sick. Like uh, <clears throat> Gerald, who's guiding for Bobby. Yeah. Goodness he's gracious. Great, he's a great goose caller. He sounds so sick on a lesser call when he does that double cluck. So what he what they've been doing this year is Gerald's doing a double cluck. And Bobby's doing a single clock. So it's la la luck, la luck, luck, la luck, luck. And the rhythm of it is so goosey and it sounds so disgusting. But Gerald has that double clock down so perfect that it's exactly the same whenever he tries it. Or it's a, he does, you can tell he's, it's exactly how he wants it to be every single time. You yeah. can tell he's got a lot of hours on a goose call. Yeah. That's fun for me. I love listening to it. One guy says, talk about anything but honkers. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the honker episode of Midwest Flyways Uncensored. Um, let's see. Dude, if you get two guys calling together, and they really, they, and that's something that you and I have been working on too. Mm-hmm. You know, because when two people are really in sync calling at birds, it sounds so good. Oh, yeah. But you got to be synced up. Mm-hmm. It really makes it a lot better. Um. I know everyone has their personal opinion, bud, but when and where to call ducks? I love that question. Yes, and we're, and we're going to be coming out with a video from all the hunts we've done this year on when and where to call ducks. And it's going to be legit, you guys. No one's done a good video on it. I think Fouled Reality did a video on it three, four years ago, and I saw that and I was like, man, we can do a, such a better job of that video just with like all the compiled footage that we have at this point, you know, we're, Hey, 
this is what I did in this time. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking I, about. I am so excited to do that. Like, it's going to be three hours of Connor and I sitting down together and yeah. editing it and filming it. <clears throat> so it's going to be monotonous a little bit, but I'm so fucking pumped We'll about talk it. about it a little bit. Yeah, so um, the seven-man limit, right, yep, yep. that we did in Western Minnesota. If you've noticed, if you noticed when we smacked him up the first day, they would come and check it out, and they'd not flare, but they would go down towards the, the Lucky Ducks, and then they would come back up, and then they'd go away from the spread. You wait a certain amount of time. When they go up, as they're coming up, they then start flying outward. So when they're flying outward, you have to wait just a little bit. I don't know the yardage on it, but if they're still going up and you hit them with that greeting call, they're still going to be that high when they come back, if that makes any sense. So everyone says calling them, calling them on the corners, right? Right. Right. Um, I want to say, <clears throat> this is for field hunting especially, wait until they start making a beeline away from you. Like, you know, they're just not close enough to shoot. You want to work the whole group and whatever. Wait until they start to drop their altitude a little bit as they're flying away. Then hit them with a really loud bark or a greeting call. Just like, meh, meh, meh. And when they swing back around to take a look at you, I guarantee you, it'll be lower than they were before. Yeah, and I think, you, like you said, you don't know like a distance on it. I'd say it's probably like 50 to 70 yards. No. You think it's further? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like 150. 150 really? You to wait 200. that long? Yeah. Well, you think about it on that seven-man mallard lim- limit hunt. If you notice at the beginning of the hunt when everyone was calling, they'd start yelling at them right away as they were flying away. And then they'd make that longer hook, right? And they still wouldn't come into range a little bit. Then as the hunt progressed, um, <clears throat> less people were calling, and I felt like I was able to talk to those birds just for me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So I think maybe I'd have to look back at it. For me, in my head, just like watching it happen, um, I think it has more to do with when they drop that altitude than it does how far out they actually are. No, yeah. no. You know, I'm just, I mean, they might do it at 70 yards. If they drop at 70 yards and they're already turned away from you, because if you have them close enough... I mean, if they're at, if they're at like 10, 15 yards, and they turn around, they could be they could be losing altitude at like sixty yards mm-hmm. to go back to you know whatever. Totally so, depends. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying on that hunt specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were making large loops, large loops coming in and out of the spread. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were going out a ways, and then you'd hit them, and they'd come back, and they'd really take a decent amount of time to come back. Another here's, sorry. No, here's a question for you. When birds are coming to your spread, mm-hmm. right? For ducks? Yeah, for ducks. Okay. What is your opinion on calling at them at that point? Situational for sure. However, what I really like to do is what I've noticed in Minnesota the last couple years, and maybe it's just me really liking to call, but I've noticed that a lot more birds stay engaged all the way to your spread if you're constantly doing something, you know, like you don't need eight people duck calling. No, you really don't. No, you definitely don't. And that's, and that is exactly why I have a whistle. Mm-hmm. Cause I, there's so many times too, cause it's tough when you're hunting with a big group of good callers, but they get excited, you know, or people that can kind of call, but they don't know, like we don't need eight people calling. Right. You don't want to be like, Hey bud, like how about if four of us just stop calling? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so then that's that's when I'm like, all right, I'm going to just use my whistle. 
you know, right. if I want to just add a little variance to it. We don't need more people calling at them. Do you feel like when they're coming in, do you tone your calling down? Like if they're coming towards a spread, like they look like they want to be in. Like volume wise or yeah, kind of both. I mean, the like amount the amount and I mean, and it's not as I guess I don't really think we tone down the amount necessarily, but more so like pick what we're calling a little bit differently. And it, dude, uh, so much of it is reading them. Honestly, yeah. and so like, say uh, the main problem that a lot of people see, because I've been asked this question dozens of times, is the birds want to pick up at that forty yard mark. What do I? What do I do? You know, and it's like okay. First of all, it's probably motion. It might be your hide, but let's just say everything else is perfect, right? You've got the great perfect wind, whatever. I think that a lot of people just do a feeding chuckle when the birds are coming at them for ducks. Right, right. And so I like to switch that up because, you know, birds aren't, just, birds aren't do. just constantly... Yeah. And so when I hear other people feed chuckling in the blind, that's when I start doing whines and Cajun squeals or just like quacks or, or yeah. a really quiet greeting call. And that's something we've worked on a lot too. But I think, I think you and I actually have a pretty good routine down... For like when we're hunting together for ducks. Right. Because I know like if there's birds kind of coming at us and you are blowing like a bouncing hen or, you know, you're g calling a greeting call, mm -hmm. I'm not going to start like barking at them. No. You know what I mean? And that's what a lot of people I think do wrong mm -hmm. for sure. You know, like yeah. their buddies just giving them a little greeting call and then you're quack, 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 quack. I mean, that's not. No. You're, you're missing it there. No, um, I think. I think one of the things that a lot of people miss out on too is, and I've said this too, is the vocab of a duck is a lot lesser than the vocab of a, of a goose. Yeah. And so I've had a lot of fun learning a goose call. However, you need to know the vocab of a duck. And if you've ever listened on a pond, dude, you are hearing mostly yeah. mallards just, quack, 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 mm -hmm. and then you hear the occasional. Yeah. Yep. However, when ducks are landing, this is what I've noticed is like a, instead of doing just the feeding chuckle, try doing something like this. Doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Or. Um, like a real drabby greeting call. Or a lonesome hen. That's, uh -huh. that's what the word you're looking for. Just like a, yeah. just a really long drawn out. Quack, yeah, I changing guess. up your variance a little bit, mm -hmm. changing up the length of the notes. The rhythm is really important. Right. Though. And you don't have to do five notes no. or six notes. I mean, and that one thing that's helped me a lot too is going to like that apartment pond or, you know, going to like the actual, you know, some of those like actual ponds that hold birds all year because they have 50 to 100 birds on that pond mm -hmm. at certain points. And when they're coming in, you're you're a hundred percent right. You hear a lot of drakes, you know, rank, rank, like that. And then you got a, you you got the occasional though, where it's like a and it's really chilled out. And then every once in a while you hear that lonesome hen, you know, that's pulling. And that, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like variance. Definitely. Right. Well, and, and one of my favorite things to do, man, like I'm smiling ear to ear when I'm thinking about it, is that that Cajun squeal is like the coolest note to me that a duck can make. And what they're doing is they're calling ducks in the air and they're saying, Hey, come in here, but they have food stuck in their throat. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
here's what I've heard a lot on the pond, and I've really started to incorporate it into my calling nowadays. Here's what it is. Like you started right, it's out, like that third note hits yeah. and they're like, uh, it's like where she just like took like a swallow and she's like, uh, yeah, I love how that sounds. I love hearing that from live ducks. I just feel like it adds so much. Yeah. I so think, much realism. And I think it adds a lot, especially like if you're hunting a cornfield. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the situation. Like that's, that's exactly what's happening. Like mm-hmm. they're feeding right then and there. And so if you have a couple guys doing a feeding chuckle, that call right there. I mean, right. I've seen you turn more ducks with that than anything. I love that call, dude. Yeah. I love Because if I you get, it. like, four guys that are like, you know, and then mm-hmm. they turn and they're leaving, and then I always hear you do it with the, and that third note is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And those birds are like, oh, shit, there's corn back there, bud. I'm, I'm hungry, too. Yeah. I want yep. some of that. Yeah. I love that shit, man. So, like... When and how to call ducks was the original question. Yeah. I think watch her video when it comes out. I think it's going to be stellar and I think it's going to do very well. But I don't know, man. I, I, I implore everyone to go out to a pond like yeah. a like a heated retention pond or something where there's just ducks there and just sit there and listen because you'll hear some you'll hear some ugly ass ducks in there. That's for sure. You just hear the. <laughs> You'll just hear the right. dumbest sounding duck. That's what I mean, heard. man. It's just like, what? Yeah. So you can totally just bring someone who's on their first day, just be like, just blow whatever, you know? Yeah. Just to add some real, real stuff, you know? I, every, I love yeah, it. Yeah, dude, every duck. And I mean, same thing with geese, dude. I was working two days ago and this goose was flying over and it sounded like a crow. I mean, like it was like dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, it sounded awful, dude. And, yeah, Phil and I, my coworker, we, like, looked up, and I'm like, that's not a goose. And then it flew over, sure as shit, it's a single goose. And I'm like, man, if that doesn't speak right then and there to, like, you don't got to be a freaking contest caller. No. You just got to be able to make some sounds that sound like it could be a bird down Mm -hmm. there. I think the biggest thing, as long as you have the rhythm down, like the ducks, it's just, like, that cadence moving down the scale for a greeting call or the feeding chuckle or just a quack in general. And then right. for a goose call, if you can cluck, dude, if you can cluck and moan, you will murder some geese. Dude, I love it. I actually really enjoy it. Like when we're hunting with new people, like mm-hmm. let's say they've been hunting for like a year and the only thing they can do is a quack and it's like super low pitched. Mm-hmm. I love that. I get excited because I'm like, dude, the only thing you can do is probably the most helpful thing. You know, if we have five great callers here today, nobody that's here inherently is going to be like, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like no one here is going to want to do that. But if you just throw that in like every 10 seconds when birds are working, mm-hmm. it just sounds like that random goose. It sounds like shit in a pond. You know what I mean? Exactly. That it's old perfect. ass goose. Yeah. The or one that old the, duck. I mean, the, with that big old eyebrow. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, bro. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Crazy. No, I. You know, it's just everyone wants to get better at ducking goose calling. I did years ago. I still do. I still want to get better. I'm still asking people who are much better than me to help me out. And you just got to practice. And I think it'll make your hunts a lot better. Because I can't remember the last time I struggled where there's birds and we just can't get them to finish. I can't remember the last time that that's happened to us. Yeah. I mean, not not if we have a good opportunity. Right. For sure. If they give us a look. 
then we're, we got a really good chance. Pretty much going to kill them. Some of them, thing. yeah. Most least, yeah. My, well, probably half. Some of them, yeah. Half, sure. Let's just say half. Yeah, four. Two out of four. Take the take the pin needle I think, to my balloon head I real think quick. the biggest thing you can do that will help you in any situation being a hunter, and this is something that I'm going to say this because I talked to my brother who is becoming more and more of a serious hunter. Micah? Micah, yep. And he's in an area where it's, it is tough to hunt birds. You know, it's in a tough spot. Sure. Little mountain town. And, in Colorado. Um, in Colorado. I will say this. I think the thing you learn the more you hunt, and it's something that I have gone through all the stages over the last few years. When you first start hunting, you don't want to miss a day of hunting to try to learn more about birds. Okay. Right? So, like, if you know the birds are shit, right now or they suck being willing to say i'm not going to hunt tomorrow i'm going to go scout or i'm going to go to the pond and try to listen to ducks call and understand what these birds that are here are doing right now or whatever it is mm -hmm. that's probably the most valuable thing you can do for yourself is trying to understand more about the birds and that includes calling so you know taking a day to scout and follow birds versus hunting, taking a day off from hunting that will help you have a better hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, that's really hard when you start out because you just, you have that hope, right? Cause you get on those one or two really good hunts. And then you say to yourself, Oh, I'm not going to skip a day of hunting cause it could just turn on, right. you know, but the more you do it, the more you learn, like, well, if I scout them today and I understand what, you know, kind of screwery they're doing today, I can maybe kill them better tomorrow than if, yeah, than I could if I just spent like these next two days just hunting a field just because. So, I don't know. It goes that goes for duck calling, going and listening to them, and seeing what they actually are doing, well, or same, you know, <coughs> same helps. thing for geese too, yeah. man. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, dude. And I'm doing this solely for the podcast, but it's like, literally, what I hear all the time is this because there is. Where I work in Golden Valley, there are hundreds of geese there, and they're constantly fighting with each other. And this is exactly what it sounds, man. All day is what I hear. That's all I hear is just cluck, moan, cluck, moan, cluck, moan, cluck, moan, cluck, moan, cluck, moan, cluck, moan. And then it ramps back down ramps right back up they're just and then you look at them and they're just hissing at each other there's like running at each other and then one is like being submissive and then he's like yeah yeah i, I won cluck i won cluck yeah cluck and then another yeah. goose is like i want that grass too and then they start fighting it's just like a constant battle they're just constantly yelling at each other so like when you're hunting it's just like okay i think i'm just gonna do the hiccup mostly <laughs> you know because yeah. that's what i heard all week was just honky, 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 honk. I love that call. And anyone can do that call. It's just a matter of rhythm, crispness of your clucks, and separating your moan, moans to your clucks. Yeah. That's a big thing. So. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's. It has been a fun podcast. It has been, dude. It's been yeah, it's been podcast. really fun because we've got to go through some stuff that we're both really, we really like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you guys for submitting yeah. your questions on Instagram and Instagram Live. Thanks for everyone who participated in that. Like we said before, give us a rating, dude. Give us a rating. <laughs> 167 for how many people that we know listen to our podcast and subscribe to it. Give us a rating. 
immediately. <laughs> Not hard. Just a simple thing. Just super quick. You don't even have to say anything. Yeah. Just but if but if you want to talk about how Cal's lost a bunch of weight, cool. If you want to talk about Joey's hair day. My hair, go ahead. Yeah. You know, be like Jamie Belknap and just talk about my hair all the time. Go ahead. Whatever you want to do. Goodness man. gracious. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a rating. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram, and we'll see you soon.